After praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sending the salutations upon the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam and upon his family and his companions and upon all those who follow upon his guidance and to the establishment of the last day. So proceed, Ikhwan. Allahumma inna na'udhu bika min ilmin la yinfa' wa min qalbin la yakshaa' wa min nafsin la tashba' wa min du'a'in la yusma' verily, ya Allah, we seek ref refuge with you from knowledge that has no benefit and from a heart that has no fear and from a soul that has no satisfaction nor contentment and from a du'a that goes unanswered and from a du'a that goes unanswered to proceed, Ikhwan, for namasul mother so we continue with our beloved brothers and our beloved sisters in this blessed noble day of ours, seeking the aid and the assistance of our Lord, the most merciful and the most compassionate. min ilmi al-jaleel, min ilmi al-mubarak, min ilmi tafsir al-Qur'an al-Azim. As we continue to learn from a tremendous science, a blessed science, the science of tafsir. So as we mentioned some time ago, we decided to learn some of the principles of tafsir before we actually study tafsir. So the book that we decided to come from before we actually study tafsir is recommended to study the principles of tafsir. So we chose a book from the noble Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen Rahimahullah Ta'ala, may Allah have mercy upon him. فَنَوَاسِلُ فِي هَذَا الدَّرْسُ ثُمَّ نَأْخُذُ التَّفْسِيرِ InshaAllah. So we continue in this small book and then inshaAllah Ta'ala we'll actually start learning from the meanings of the Qur'an inshaAllah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. طَيْبْ وَأُرْسِلُ كِتَابًا لَكُمْ عَبْرَ الْPDF inshaAllah Ta'ala وَلَعَلَّا and we send the PDF to most of you, you brothers that have your devices or your phones, likewise your sisters. You can have, you should have a copy of the book on the on the Telegram. 
Inshallah Ta'ala, if you go to the telegram, the Imam Ashokani's telegram, there should be a copy there that most of you should have by now, Inshallah. No. And the Kum. Wa antum aladini akhwan, either ma'andukum alamu shaykh, ufadilu either tajalisu huna, Inshallah Ta'ala, ma'arujan. Your brothers that are against the wall, unless you have a reason to be against the wall, you have some pain or the likes, then we encourage you to come and sit with the brothers, Inshallah Ta'ala. Some of you, I think today's my first day seeing some of your faces. So if you want to tell me your names, inshallah, then you can do so. May Allah bless you. No. Uh, my name is Amin Ibn Amin? MashaAllah. How old are you? Uh, 16. 16, Jamilan. MashaAllah. May Allah bless you. This your first time I'm seeing you today, son? Uh, I came to this message a couple of times. May Allah bless you, may Allah bless you. No? Oh yeah, I just came from Virginia. Oh, okay, you just came back from Virginia. MashaAllah, may Allah bless you, may Allah bless you. Tell you, why not? Bismillah, Abdurrahman. Abdurrahman, where are you from? This your first time I'm seeing you too, son? Yeah. First time in this message? No. No? Alhamdulillah. May Allah bless you. So Amin and Abdurrahman. Akramukum Allah. May Allah honor you all. Tay, uktubu hadi ikhwan. Write this down. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Waladina ma'andu daftar khudu daftar li yaktuba li yuktaba alay. Li yuktuba alay. You brothers, I don't have anything to write with. Get a pencil or paper or device or something to take the benefits, inshallah ta'ala. May Allah bless you all, ikhwan. طيب قال الإمام الشيخ محمد بن صالح العثيمين رحمه الله تعالى. So the Imam al-Uthaymin he continues. May Allah have mercy upon him. قال وقد وصفه الله سبحانه وتعالى بأوصاف كثيرة تدل على عظمته وبركته وتأثيره وشموله وأنه حاكم على ما قبله من الكتب. And perhaps this was the last thing we learned in our class. He says, Allah Ta'ala, the Most High, describes His Qur'an with many, many descriptions. And these descriptions, they show the greatness of the Qur'an and the blessings of the Qur'an and how the Qur'an includes everything. How the Qur'an is, includes everything. And it's the judgment for all the books that came before. So I want you to write this down. Allah Ta'ala describes the Qur'an with many descriptions. Allah describes the Qur'an with many descriptions. And these descriptions, they show... The greatness of the Qur'an. What do they show? The greatness of the Qur'an. And these descriptions also show the blessings of the Qur'an. And the effects, the traces of the Qur'an. And that the Qur'an is the judge, the judge over all other books. Over all other books. 
طيب قال وقال الله تعالى he says Allah تعالى he says ولقد آتيناك سبعا من المثاني والقرآن العظيم صلة الحجر as Allah تعالى he says and verily we meaning Allah we have given you O Muhammad seven blessed repeated noble verses and the great Quran and this comes in Surah Al-Hijr Surah Al-Hijr What's the meaning here? You students that study Quran. What's the meaning where Allah says, We have given you, O Muhammad, seven repeated blessed verses. Surah Al-Fatiha. And from the descriptions of the Quran is the statement of Allah. That comes in Surah Al-Qaf Where Allah Ta'ala says Qaf Wal-Qur'an Al-Majid Al-Ayah Allah says Qaf By the praise Quran By the praise Or praiseworthy Quran Surah Al-Qaf Qala al-Imam Al-Uthameen Rahimahullah So the Imam he mentions وقوله تعالى آتيناك سبعا من المثاني وهذه السبع هي صورة الفاتحة كما قلتم أنتم He says just as our sisters and our brothers just mentioned where Allah says and we have given you O Muhammad seven blessed repeated verses The intent here is صورة الفاتحة صورة الفاتحة من يذكر لنا صلاة لا تقرأ فيها سورة الفاتحة. Who can mention one of our brothers or sisters a prayer that you pray in which you do not recite al-Fatiha? Mention a prayer that you pray that you don't recite al-Fatiha. أذكروا صلاة لا تقرأ فيها سورة الفاتحة. Mention a prayer: al-Fajr, al-Zuhr, al-Asr. None. That you do not recite Al-Fatiha. Huh? None. The answer is none. يصلي المسلم فيها يقرأ Every prayer that the Muslim makes, you name the prayer. You name it. He prays it, she prays it, she has to recite Al-Fatiha. She has to recite Al-Fatiha. وهذا الأمر يدل على همية هذه الصورة هذه الصورة In the fact that every prayer we make We have to recite Al-Fatiha There's no other salah There's no other surah That you have to recite it Like you recite Surah Al-Fatiha So what does this show? The greatness of Surah Al-Fatiha The quwa The ma'ana The manzila This shows the power The might the great meaning of Surah Al-Fatiha. Uh, in the PDF, the one I have, we're on 42. Page 42. No. There's a... One second, Yaqwan. You may have another page, inshallah ta'ala. Just the metin. I think I sent out the metin to everyone. The metin is... Just the metin is page 9. Page 9 in the metin? In the, in the English one, it's page 17. 
And the English one is page 17. There should be an Arabic and the English one out. The uh, Arabic, the English is page 17. 17. The Arabic is page 9. No. For you sisters, whoever don't have a copy, make sure everyone is added to the telegram so they can get their, their copies, inshallah. And may Allah bless you. Omar, where's your, where's your notebook, Omar? So what are the seven blessed repeated verses? What's the intent here? Surah Al-Fatiha. Is there any prayer that you pray that you don't recite Al-Fatiha? The answer is no. What does this show? The virtues of, of Surah Al-Fatiha. Its greatness, the meaning of it, the power of it. لا صلاة لمن لم يقرأ بفاتحة الكتاب من حديث أبي هريرة. The Messenger عليه الصلاة والسلام first hadith of tonight or today. Write this hadith down, يا إخوة. The Messenger of Allah he says there's no prayer لا صلاة لمن لا يقرأ أو لمن لم يقرأ سورة الفاتحة. There's no prayer, no prayer at all for the one. Who does not recite Al-Fatiha From the hadith of Abu Hurairah Fis-Sunan There's no prayer There's no prayer There's no prayer For the one Who does not recite Suratu Al-Fatiha there is no prayer for the one who does not recite Surah Al-Fatiha. ما معنى هذا? What does this mean, يا إخوان? إذا العبد يصلي صلاة ما ولا يقرأ في هذه الصلاة سورة الفاتحة فصلاته ليست صحيحة. صلاته ناقصة. If the person the sisters, the brothers, it doesn't matter. Black, white, Arab, non-Arab, it doesn't matter. They pray, but they don't recite Al-Fatiha. Then their prayer is deficient. Their prayer is deficient. لا صلاة لمن لم يقرأ بفاتحة الكتاب There's no prayer, meaning there's no prayer that's accepted, that's correct, that's 100%, except that you recite Al-Fatiha. One of our sisters, Tfadali. Jamil, and how does Wal Jay? That's a good question, Yaqwan. Anta to Sali Khalf al Imam. Wahu Yakra u al Fatiha. Mada Tasna wa Anta wa Anta to Sali Khalfahu. You're you're uh, praying the salah behind an Imam. He recites Al-Fatiha. What do you do? يوجد عدة أقوال من علماء الإسلام من علماء الإسلام نذكر بعضها إن شاء الله There are some positions from the scholars. The scholars differ here. You're praying behind an imam in an outlawed salah. He's reciting Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim إلى آخر هذه الصورة To the end of Al-Fatiha. What do you do? Al-Awwal, the first opinion, la taf'alu shay'an. First opinion, you don't do anything. 
And his recitation is sufficient for you. The scholars differ here. First opinion. The imam is reciting, you don't recite at all. Right? That's the position. You guys with me? Umar, what if, what if it's like two surahs mm. and the imam already, the imam finished both of them, like alhamdulillah. He finished al-fatiha, he's on another surah. You, you complete your, your Fatiha. That's the strongest opinion. We're going to mention a few positions. Right? One position, it's not the strongest. It's actually It's actually the lowest statement. But it's a statement held by a great Imam. He said, You don't recite at all. He says, The recitation of the Imam is sufficient for everyone. And he has his proof also. This Imam is Al Imam Malik. That was his opinion. When the Imam is reciting, Al Ma'mumun la yaqra'un. Al Ma'mumun la yaqra'un. When the Imam is reciting, the people being led in the Salah don't say anything. Now, this is not the strongest opinion, but it's an opinion. That's number one. We're going to give you a few positions. Maybe we'll mention three. We'll see what Allah allows. Right? First opinion is what? You don't recite nothing. Who has that opinion? Imam Malik. Athani. Second opinion. Second opinion. Surah Al Fatiha la tajibu ala ahd min al nas. Wa had al qawl adhafu qawl. Second opinion. Al Fatiha is not obligatory upon no one. And this actually, the weakest of the opinions. Nobody has to recite Al-Fatiha. That's the second opinion. You guys with me? Two opinions. First opinion, when the imam recites Al-Fatiha, you don't recite anything. You sit there. You don't say anything. Why? His recitation is suffice for you. That's why he recites out loud. Who said that? Al-Imam Malik. Second opinion, nobody has to recite Al-Fatiha. Nobody. Al-Wajib aladhi yakunu yasiran o madha sahlan an yakra hu aladhi yakra. O sahlan an yakra hu aladhi yakra. Second opinion, you don't have to recite Al-Fatiha. What do you recite? Whatever is easy for you to recite in the Quran. The sister comes and says, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Allahu Akbar. According to this scholar, she didn't do anything wrong. Whose opinion is that? Imam Abu Hanif. He says, what's obligatory is what's easy for you to recite. Not Al-Fatiha. And this is the lowest of the positions in reality. Third opinion, Wahu Asah. And this opinion is the strongest opinion. It has the proofs from the Quran and Sunnah to support it. The authentic ahadith to support it. The first opinion you can argue. Second opinion you can argue. This third opinion you can't argue. 
إذا الإمام يقرأ عليك أنت كذلك أن تقرأ لكن تقرأها بنفسك تقرأها بنفسك Third opinion and it's the strongest opinion and Allah knows best When the Imam is reciting you also have to recite but you recite it to yourself You don't recite out loud No Only the Imam recites out loud How do you say it? To yourself You have to say it though But how do you say it? To yourself So the sister says To the end of that surah So she says it But she says it In herself In her soul Inside And this was held by Imam Shafi'i And Imam Ahmed Imam Shafi'i And Imam Ahmed And this is the strongest opinion As the Messenger of Allah said In the hadith we just mentioned La salata there is no prayer for the person who does not recite the mother of the book. هذا المثال إخوان يعلمنا أحيانا أن العلماء يختلفون. أن العلماء يختلفون. The likes of this example we just did. There's three opinions. One scholar says this. Another scholar says that. Another scholar says this. This teaches us what? That sometimes you find that the scholars in Islam, they differ. Sometimes you're going to find this shaykha from the women, and this shaykha from the women, they have different opinions. And this shaykh from the men, and this shaykh from the men, sometimes they have different opinions. And this happens. So what do we do? When this scholar says this, and this scholar says that, and this shaykha says that, what do the Muslims, what do the student of knowledge do? Do you just any mini mini mo catch a Muslim by the what do you do yeah? How do you choose? You have to look at the proofs. If you have the ability to, why does he say that? What's his proof? Then you lay that proof out. He's using the eye in Surah Tunahan. Why does this Sheikh says that? He's using the hadith hadith Abu Hurairah. Why does this Sheikh says this? He's using the other hadith of Abu Hurairah. And remember, Yaqwana Qa'idah principle. Memorize this principle. La yu, la yu aridu shay'un fil Islam, shay'an akhar. Memorize this, Yaqwana. La yu aridu shay'un fil Islam, shay'an akhar. Nothing in Islam, nothing, uh, contradicts something else. Memorize that, Yaqwana. There's nothing in Islam that contradicts anything else in Islam. It's impossible. There will be no Islam. There will be no Muslim. There will be no Dino Ibrahim, Dina Muhammad, Dina Al-Anbiya. There will be no way of life of Ibrahim, the Sunnah of the Prophet. There will be no Islam. Nothing in Islam contradicts one thing, does not contradict something else. There's always a way to make the Jama'ah to uh, coincide between the narrations. Those who know, know. And those who do not know, they do not know. So you eliminate by way of the proofs. For example. So all of these great Imams are distinguished, great, remarkable minds, remarkable individuals in our religion. 
So this example, we're not criticizing them. We're not lowering them. We love the scholars of Islam. This is an example. You guys with me? This is an example. What did Abu Hanifa say about Surah Al-Fatiha? He says, nothing is obligatory for you to recite except what's easy for you to recite. What do you do? What's the proof? Don't make your Islam, this one said, this one said, this one said. No. Find out why, if you can do so. Turn the sofha, turn the page. Why does he have this opinion or position, if you can do so? He has a hadith. He has a hadith. In which the Messenger, alayhi salatu salam, is a famous hadith that's known to all of you, ikhwan. It's collected by Bukhari and Muslim. Min hadith Abi Hurairah. From the hadith of Abu Hurairah, collected by Bukhari and Muslim. A man prayed three times in front of the Prophet. Three times. He prayed and that Prophet was sitting somewhere else in the masjid. We're praying, we're sitting here. Someone comes and prays three times here. So you can imagine, this man is yusalli salatan wa nabi jalisan. He prayed, and the Prophet was sitting somewhere else in the masjid. And it looks like the Prophet was looking at him. He observed what he was doing. He prayed the whole prayer. He finished his salah. He went to the Prophet and gave him salams. Salaamu alaykum ya Rasulullah. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. O Messenger of Allah, peace and mercy. Of Allah be upon you, O Prophet of Allah. The Prophet said, What? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The Prophet said, Go back and pray again. For verily, you did not pray. What do you think the man did? He went back and prayed again. A second time. He prayed the same prayer. That he knew how to pray two times. Enter minha. He finished the salah. Atayla nabi. Atayla nabi. He came to the prophet. Assalamu alaikum, ya Rasulullah. May the peace and mercy of Allah be upon you, O Messenger of Allah. What do you think the prophet said? Wa alaikum salam, rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam, rahmatullah. Irajir fasalli. Bena kalam tu salam. Two times. The prophet said, "Go back and pray." But rarely you did not pray. He didn't say your salah is deficient. He didn't say your salah is lacking. He said you did not pray. So the man went back a third time. Salam maratan thalithatan. Prayed a third time. Wasallam ala nabi alayhi salatu salam. Faqan taib. Faqala ya Rasulullah. Walladhi ba'athaka bilhaq. Hadhihi salah la uhsinu ghayra. So the third time the man said, O Messenger of Allah, by the one who sent you with the truth. That's an eloquent way to say, by Allah. By the one, by the one who sent you with the truth. This prayer here, I don't know how to pray better than that. فَعَلِّمْنِي So teach me. So this is the point. This is where Abu Hanifa gets this point from. The Prophet of Allah tells that man, إِذَا تُرِيدَ أَن تُسَلِّ ثُمَّ 
ثم اقرأ ما تيسر من القرآن أو كما قال النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام Now listen to the wording This is where Abu Hanifa gets his proof from The Prophet told the man When you intend to pray Make a good wudu Make it the wudu that you make for the salah After that face the qibla And then say Allahu Akbar And then recite was easy for you to recite from the Quran. So Abu Hanifa is using the hadith as the Prophet said it. He says, Fatiha is not obligatory. The Prophet said was easy, was easy. So that's one opinion. طيب. The other scholars they say what? They say we love Abu Hanifa. We love him. But we don't agree with his understanding here. The correct understanding of this hadith is Al-Fatiha. When the Prophet said, recite what's easy for you to recite, it goes in line with the other hadith. Remember, Ikhwan, nothing in Islam contradicts anything. Nothing. You're never going to find it. There's always a way. There's always a way to join together this ayah and this ayah. This hadith and this ayah, this hadith and this hadith, this ayah and this hadith, there's always a way. Either you know it or you don't know it. This is abrogated, this hadith is weak, this hadith explains that hadith, this hadith is specific, that hadith is general. There's always a way to explain them. Nothing contradicts anything in Islam. So the other hadith that we had you write down, what was the hadith? There's no prayer. There's no salah. For the one who does not recite Al-Fatiha And then recite was easy for you to recite They're the same Al-Fatiha Abu Hanif is taking it one way But there's another way to look at it So what's the point here, Juan? You always nabahat anid-dilil You always look for the proofs If you have the ability to do so You always, we always have to try our best To look for the evidence Write this second principle down, ya ikhwan. Write this second principle down. Al-Islamu la yubna ala al-a'raq, lakin yubna ala al-dilil. Memorize this. Our beloved shaykha, our beloved reciter, our beloved sisters, our beloved memorizers, from the brothers, also from our sisters. Memorize this point. Islam is not built upon opinion. Islam is not built upon opinions. Rather, it is built upon proofs. Al-Islam la yubna ala al-a'ra. Islam is not built upon opinions. Memorize that. Rather, yubna ala al-dilil. It is built upon proofs. Alhamdulillah. Who can repeat that principle? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Islam is not built upon opinions. One of our sisters can repeat. Alright, Santi, for homework, I want you all, I know the only the sisters do the homework in our blessed masjid nowadays. May Allah help us all, yeah. Tight. 
the brothers, we're going to try our best to catch up with our sisters, inshallah. For homework, I want you to write that principle 10 times. This class is going to be on Saturdays. It got moved, so our tafsir class is now on Saturday. So you have a whole week to write it 10 times. What's the principle? What's your name again? Hmm. Zubair. Zubair. What's the principle? Al-Islam is built upon opinions rather than is built not upon opinions rather than is built on prayers. MashaAllah. Father Ahmed, what's the principle? Islam. Oh, Makatabta, you didn't write. Oh, write down. May Allah bless you. May Allah bless you. One of our sisters, Fadari. Can we say in Arabic again? Inshallah, we try our best. Al Islamu. Al Islamu. La yubna ala al-a-ra Ala a-ra Lakin Yubna ala al-dilil But Islam is not built upon opinions But rather Is built upon proofs Father Shaykh uh, common Muslim folks mm. sometimes they cannot compare uh, proofs, no. so sometimes they rely on uh, ulama. No. They said uh, our Sheikh uh, uh, said so and so, mm. and there's no way they can find which opinion is better. Yeah. So in that case, uh, in that case, if he asks a scholar, a student of knowledge, that he he respects their knowledge. As long as he's that understanding that this shaykh's word is not a hujjah. It's not a proof. Sometimes in Ikhwan, we use the scholar's words as if they're ayah from the Qur'an. As if they're a hadith of the Messenger sahih, And that's not correct. But yes, yeah. So if I can't do the research, I don't have the books, I don't have the time, I don't have the ability, for example. I'm from the 9 to 5 Muslim, the everyday Muslim. So I have an issue. I look at someone, I respect their knowledge, I deem the person to be reliable, I ask them a question. They answer from Quran and Sunnah. So I take what they say. That's like, oh, Craig, no, no problem there. As long as I understand that his opinion is not the Quran and Sunnah. But I'm going to take what my Shaykh says or my teacher says. He gave me the Quran and Sunnah. Alhamdulillah. Not an issue. Sorry. And may Allah bless you all. Anyone else? Fadl. They mentioned the statement of Ali that shows that Al-Islam, The statement of Ali showing that Islam is not based upon opinions, nor is it based upon what you understand, uh, your, your mind, your intellect. Islam is not based upon that. The statement of Ali is based, Islam is based upon Al-Ittiba'ah. He says, وَلَوْ كَانَ الدِّينُ he says, a tremendous statement, if you understand his statement, he says, Islam is not based upon your intellect. It's not based upon that. How smart you are, how 
the opposite of smart. Foolish you are, or ignorant you are. Islam is not based upon that. You can be not a high school graduate and become a big sheikh. Many of the scholars in Yemen, ma kamalu madrasata al-thaniwiyya. Sahih. Wa fil ifriqa. Many scholars in Yemen, many scholars in Africa, many scholars in various Muslim countries never finish high school. But became a big, big sheikh in hadith. This sister, mashallah, can't write her name in Arabic and memorize the whole Quran. Memorize Bukhari. She can't write it, but can, she can say, Qala Imam al Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala. Haddathana Abdullah bin Zubayr. But she can't write her own name. That happens, ya Allah Ta'ala, madha, he bestows his mercy ala man yasha. Kama qala fil ayah, surah al-Imran. He bestows his mercy upon whoever he wishes. So it's not upon your intellect. Some people think, oh, he has a master's, uh, a, 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 how you say, a doctor, a, doc, a doctorate. He has his bachelor's. He has this and this. He's intelligent. Alhamdulillah. But it doesn't mean he's intelligent Islamically. So Ali says what? The religion is not based upon your intelligence. If it was, when you make the masr, you know the masr. You don't see this a lot in America. Number one, we don't really wear khufs a lot. A lot of times, I remember when I first got here in Ramadan or so, and we wiped over our socks in the hammam, and one of the young brothers said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, I'm making wudu. He said, He said, You gotta take your socks off, Yahi. They're not leather socks. So I said, No, it's always so loud, inshallah, to wipe over the socks. At any rate, some scholars say it has to be the leather socks. The correct opinion is that you can also wipe over the socks. Ali says, If Islam was based upon your intellect, you would wipe the bottom of your sock. When you make wudu, it's a sunnah not to take your socks off. But one condition. When you made wudu, you washed your feet before that wudu. You make wudu, mathalan, fi salat al fajr. The first wudu, mathalan. You wash your feet. Right? You wash your feet with water. And then you pitch your socks on. And then you go to sleep. And then you wake up and you make a new wudu. The sunnah is that you, do, you what? don't take your socks off again. It's better to wipe over top of them. You guys with me? Tight. What part of the socks do you wipe? The bottom or the top? The top. That doesn't agree with your mind. Nobody's mind, you understand the logic in that. That's not logic. That's hadith. You call it for aql. This is the point of Ali. This hadith here contradicts your intelligence. If you walk <coughs> on your feet, the brother's walking now, he's standing, you don't walk on the top of your feet. You walk the bottom of your feet, touch the ground. So what part gets dirty? The top or the bottom? The bottom. So if Islam was based upon aql, when you make the mas, you will wipe the bottom. He said, but rather ra'ayna Nabi alayhi he said, but rather I saw the Messenger of Allah wipe the top of his sock, his khuf. So we follow him. And that's a strong opinion. A sister may say, hey, the khimar is for the sisters that have long hair. 
What about the sister has short hair? She's using her aql. The sister may say, is the khimar only for the one that has nice, mashallah, long, flowy hair? What about the sister that has short, short hair? She wouldn't have to cover her. My, my mind thinks if she has beautiful hair, she has to cover it. If she has short, not so nice hair, she doesn't have to cover it. That's your mind. Somebody may say, hey, if the sister is mashallah in beauty, she wears the niqab. If she's the opposite of beautiful, she doesn't have to, <laughs> she doesn't have to wear the niqab. That's your mind saying that. That's your mind, for example. My own mother, may Allah guide her to Islam, when we used to visit her, and the girls got their hair done, she would say, oh, you don't got to wear your khimar now, girl, because your hair is done. She didn't understand. She thought that you're just covering your hair because it's not, it's not done. It's not neat. It's not nice. But it's not for that, Yaqwan. Your mind doesn't agree with that. So there's some proofs you may not understand. Tfadali. Can they wipe over the shoes? If the shoes resemble the khuf, مثلاً يشمل جميع القدم لا بس إن شاء الله. If the shoe is like the khuf, meaning it covers the whole foot, say they have on some boots, you know those boots that tie up all the way. In sha Allah, that will be the same as wiping over the khufs. Wallah, and Allah Taala knows best. But not the shoe that we have nowadays, the regular sneaker, the flip flop, the ship ships, not like that. It will have to cover the whole foot, like the khuf. Like those boots, those army boots, some type of boots that tie all the way up, inshallah. That bounce. Tay, let's continue, Ikhwan. Ah, Tfadali. Okay, I have a question. Inshallah. So, if you have a place where you can't make the bull, you can't take off the hijab, you can't wear the hijab. If she's in a place that she can't take off the hijab. Tay, this is the story of the woman. ماذا أن يقصل وجه شعرها في الوضوء يجوز لها أن يمسح على الخمار. For the women, another benefit is not a condition that when she's making the wudu she has to take off her khimar. The women can also wipe over their khimar. No, for the ghusl she has to wash her hair, but for the khimar, for the ghusl, for the wudu she can just wipe over her khimar. Some scholars say. She has to put the khimar on when she was in a state of wudu, making the qiyas of the mas, of the khuf. Some scholars say, لا, هذا خاص بالخوف. ولعلا هذا صحيح. There are two opinions here. Some scholars say when the woman wipes over her scarf, she has to do it just the way she did the khuf. The first wudu she made, she has to wipe her hair, and then she puts her khimar on. When she makes the second wudu, she can just wipe, as she does with the khuf. Other scholars say, no, that's only for the khuf. The woman, there's no proof that she has to put the khimar on while she's in a state of wudu. And Allah Ta'ala wa alam. And Allah the Most High knows best. That's a good question. Okay, let's continue, Akhwan. Qala al-Imam al-Uthaymin rahimahullah ta'ala. Okay. قال بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قال الله تعالى الله تعالى يسأس كتاب أنزلناه إليك مبارك ليدبر آيات وليتذكر أول الألباب سورة الصاد first ayat of tonight first ayat or second ayat of tonight سورة الصاد 
verse 29. We're going to add this to your homework also. So we have a hadith 10 times, and we have a verse 10 times. Surah Tusad, verse 29. Surah Tusad, verse 29. I want you to write it out 10 times. Surah Tusad, verse 29. Allah Ta'ala says, Kitabun anzalnahu ilayka mubarak. A book that we, meaning Allah, have sent down to you, O Muhammad. A blessed book, meaning the Quran. Liyadabbaru ayatim. In order for the people to ponder and contemplate over its verses. albab. And so that the people of understanding can take heed. Surah Tusad. So for tonight, or this week, we have one hadith ten times. Hadith Abi Hurairah. Also Surah Tusat, verse 29. Most of you can write in Arabic, walhamdulillah. I want you to write it out in Arabic. For the ones who haven't reached that level yet, no problem. You write it out in English. Ten times. We're going to give you three verses, inshallah. The second verse. Maybe in Tafsir we'll start giving a lot of homework, inshallah. May Allah bless you. Oh, we'll see. We don't want to chase the people away. Ta'ib. Next ayah you're going to write down. Surah Al-An'am. Surah Al-An'am. Umar, write this down. Surah Al-An'am, verse 155. Surah Al-An'am, verse 155. Ten times. Allah Ta'ala says, Wa hadha Allah Ta'ala he says Our sister with her hand up Fadli 155 155 I want you to write it 10 times So we have two verses Surah Al-An'am Surah number 8 Verse 155 Write the right. You don't have to write the whole verse right now just write Al-An'am 155. When you go home, I want you to write it 10 times. And we'll start checking the homework this week. <coughs> Inshallah. If you don't do your homework, you can't study with us. We're going to start making be a little bit more Yemen style to your brothers and sisters. Inshallah. May we get a stick. No, no. Inshallah, we'll see. Will the sis come up? Hold your hand up. Oh, stop for love. Omar comes up. I was riding my bike, Yaqi. I didn't get the chance to hold your hand up. No excuses. Oh, mashallah. Tayyip. May Allah bless you. When I get closer to you guys, then maybe I'll get a stick. Right now, I'm still getting to know some of you. Inshallah. Tayyip. So, two verses, Omar, for homework. What's the first verse? Ten times each. Verse 155. Right, and I'm one five five. I want you to write it ten times. Most of you can write in Arabic. Most of our sisters, mashallah, can write in Arabic also. No excuse. Third ayah. Third ayah. Surah Al Isra. Surah Al Isra. Verse number nine. Verse number nine. Allah Ta'ala says, Inna hadha al-Qur'an yahdi lillatihi aqwam. Al-Ayah. Verily this Qur'an, 
guides to that which is the best, the most correct, the most appropriate, the most suitable. Surah 2 Al-Isra. So we have three verses. I want you to write each verse ten times. Ten times three is what? Thirty. So we got three, thirty ayat that we're going to write. Or three verses, thirty times, and one hadith. Right? You guys with me? One hadith, three ayat. So let's see what the shaykh says here and then we'll stop inshallah ta'ala. The Imam Al-Uthaymeen, he says about these ayat that we just mentioned. All of these verses that we just mentioned, Surah to Saad, Surah to, what's the second one, Yaqwan? Surah An'am and Surah to Isra. All of these verses, they point to the great to the greatness of the Quran. Allah Ta'ala he says, Kitabun anzalnahu ilayka mubarak, a book that we have sent down to you, Muhammad, of blessings. Quran mubarak. He says the Quran is a blessing. A mubarakun fi atharihi, wa ta'thirihi, wa ajrihi, wa thawabihi. He says blessings in what? Blessings in the effects of it. Blessings in the traces of it, blessings in the reward of it, and blessings in the, the bounty of the Quran. Allahu Akbar. As for the reward of the Quran, From the rewards of the Quran, every letter you read, you get 10 rewards. As it comes in the hadith, every letter. So the sister she writes or she reads, Bismillahi. Al ba ashara. Al sin ashara. Mada al mim ashara. Wal lam lam ashara ashara. Wal ha ashara. Every letter, 10 rewards. So if you count the letters out and whatever words you read, 10 good deeds per letter. And this shows the blessings of the reward. Of the Quran. As for the result of the Quran, the traces of the Quran. From the effects of the Quran is the fact that Allah clarified to us, Allah taught us that if He, Allah, sent down the Quran upon a mountain. You would see this mountain khashi'an, being humble, crushing from the power and the might of the Quran and out of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as for the result of the Quran, after you read it and work by it, he says that which we witness from the Ummah of Al-Islam, from clear victory and clear conquest. That which all of us we see that has happened. Also, by the one who reads the Quran, 
and follows the commandments of Allah, his heart, her heart becomes pure. His heart becomes rectified. The one who used to listen to music and now he reads the Quran, reads the Quran and implements the Quran. His heart, yasluhu. His heart becomes pure and rectified. And you see the servant coming closer to his Lord. He used to be the last one in the masjid. The last one in all the classes. Now, after reading the Quran and studying the Quran and uh, working by the Quran, he is the first one in the classes now. The first one, mashallah, to line up for the salah. Inshallah, we'll stop there, Ikhwan. And we stop at that which we witness from the hearts being rectified. Inshallah ta'ala. Who can mention the homework? This week's homework? We gave you three things. Baba. Omar. Surah An'am. Verse 55. Verse 155. Ten times. Second surah. Isra, 10 times. And I believe one more. Surah to Saw, 10 times. And one more thing. One of our sisters. The Hadith Abi Huraira. So you got four things I want you to do. Ah, five things. We gave you a principle, our sense. So you guys should be a little busy for a couple of days. The best of you is going to do the homework tonight. That's the best of you. The second best of you is going to do the homework in two days. The weakest of us is going to do it a little bit tonight, a little bit tomorrow, a little bit. And then the one who's just being lazy is going to wait next week before Asr. And he's going to do the homework real fast, inshallah ta'ala, before the class. Try your best to be as diligent as you can. Memorize to the best of your ability. We have one principle, one hadith, and three ayah. We'll stop there.